Why do we exist? Were we created with a purpose? Or are we just here by chance? What are we to believe about life, faith, and worldview? Welcome to The Universe Next Door, focusing on answers to the questions we all consider. The Universe Next Door is supported by the C.S. Lewis Society, Trinity College of Florida, and supported by gifts from listeners just like you. Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now, your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome to The Universe Next Door, and thank you for joining us here once again. Uh, If this is your first time, we highly recommend you check out our website, apologetics.org, the hub for apologetics. You'll find videos, articles, and all kinds of of cool stuff that we're constantly uploading, so check out apologetics.org. And if you have any questions or comments while you're listening to this, or you find yourself thinking about something that you maybe don't have an answer to, uh, just feel free to send us an email at information at apologetics.org. We will get back to you. A real human being will respond to that email, and we enjoy doing so. So please feel free to do that. Uh, Now, we have a special guest with us today. Dr. Woodward is still out of town uh, on his sabbatical. So we have with us Mike Burhau. Mike, thank you for being with us once again. How are you? I am doing well. It's been uh, a good last couple weeks. Um, I got to have a little mini vacation on uh, the other side of the state of Florida, so my first time over there, and it was uh, really good. So, yeah. where were you? Like Cocoa Beach area, or? Yeah, actually, that's exactly where we went. Uh, my family and I went to uh, stay in a hotel. I mean, we were just there for two days. Uh, that was right, right next to Cocoa Beach. So. Uh, it's a lot different on that side of the state. You see people with surfboards, and you don't see that so much on this side of the state. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. I guess the water's supposed to be a lot colder, too. Um, we just went up to North Carolina, which we've actually been up in that area several times in the last, like, six, seven months or so. And it's really nice, especially at night. It's it's cool instead of humid and hot. But um, anyway, yeah. I know that you were uh, wanting to continue the series that we started on worldviews. Um, yes. And if, if anybody listening wants to go back just a couple weeks, you'll see an episode that Mike did uh, where we talked about how to test worldviews. Um, and I know today you wanted to expand that a little bit and, and make it practical for the listeners. Yeah, and, and really this week will be kind of, uh, or the next two podcasts will probably be into two parts. So uh, the two tests for a worldview that we looked at was, number one, uh, you should ask the question, is this worldview logically consistent? Um, and if a worldview, and you can even apply this to any idea or any statement, uh, but if an, a worldview, an idea, or a statement are logically inconsistent, then that's a reason to reject that worldview. It can't possibly be true if it's logically inconsistent. Uh, and one simple example of an inconsistent uh, statement would be something like, no sentences are longer than three words. Uh, so if somebody says something like that, that is logically inconsistent. It can't possibly be true. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the sentence that you just spoke is longer than three words, and so right, um, and so you just take that basic idea, and if you apply it to a worldview, if a worldview shares that type of property where it's logically inconsistent, then it ought to be rejected. Uh, and the second test would be uh, if a worldview is uh, consistent with reality, and if it's not, uh, so if your worldview is contrary to the known facts, uh, or just contrary to ordinary human experience, then the chances are pretty good that your worldview is false. Um, and I know last week I had a chance to listen to your uh, podcast from this last week, 
and um, you were talking about the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, well, evidence is a very important thing when it comes to testing the credibility of a worldview, and if your worldview doesn't fit with the evidence, then it should be rejected. So those were the two tests that we talked about last week. Right, so, and, and number one is almost kind of like the common sense test. Uh, like you said with the sure. sentence example, if you say a sentence can't be longer than three words, I mean, just common sense, really just thinking, tells us uh, sometimes that this or that thing can't be true, logically. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's a contradiction. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's important to also point out that oftentimes we do propose ideas or statements or worldviews that are inconsistent. We don't recognize it. And so having having a test like this is good for us to really examine the ideas that we have, and uh, it really spells out how do you actually test this idea. And so that's one of the things that we're going to look at. So yeah, so when we think of these tests then, um, I guess one of the questions that I get a lot is how do you do this uh, practically? And that's what I want to focus on now. Uh, so uh, when I think about how to do this practically, I've sometimes had people say, um, I like these tests that you're bringing up, but I don't have time to survey every worldview that's out there. Um, and so how can I test all these worldviews to figure out which worldview is the most logically consistent and the one that uh, corresponds most correctly to reality? Um, and that's a really good question. Um, but what I've found is that uh, of the, the vast amount of worldviews that are out there, you really can group them into uh, just a few different categories. Um, and so I want to walk through a simple way of breaking different worldviews into categories. Um, and I'm going to maybe just look at a few different worldview types. Um, now, I should say that there's different ways of doing this. Uh, so last week we mentioned, or last time we did this, we, we mentioned the book uh, The Universe Next Door by James Sire. Uh, so his approach to outline worldviews, I think, is really good. Uh, mine's just a little bit different. Um, so when I'm outlining a worldview, the first three things that I like to talk about are getting the distinction between what's called metaphysics, what's called epistemology, and what's called ethics. Um, now, most people probably are familiar with the word ethics, uh, maybe not as much so with metaphysics and epistemology. Uh, but the definitions of these are really pretty simple. So uh, if you're doing metaphysics, uh, you're studying reality. Uh, so the big question in metaphysics is, what is really real? Um, that's the basic question of metaphysics. And when you're studying epistemology, uh, the word epistemology just comes from two Greek words, episteme and ology. Um, so episteme is knowledge. So epistemology is the study of knowledge. Uh, and the big question there is just, how do we know the things that we say that we know? Uh, and then when we're talking about ethics, we're talking about the good life. Uh, so what is the good life, and how do we live together? Um, and so when you try to, if you get those three distinctions, uh, I think of the major worldviews today, we can group them under those three headings. Uh, so we might just start with the metaphysics first. Uh, so if you look at some of the different major worldviews that are out there, uh, some worldviews like to start with metaphysics, or just to focus primarily on metaphysics. These worldviews would be worldviews like naturalism or pantheism. Uh, so naturalism, we talked about this a bit last time as well. Naturalism is the worldview that says, uh, in the words of Carl Sagan, uh, the cosmos is all it is, all that was, all that ever will be. Uh, all that exists is nature, and nothing exists outside of nature. 
Um, now, another worldview that's really close to that is pantheism. And I'll stop here in a moment and just see if you have any thoughts on the grouping of these. Um, but pantheism uh, is just a religious way. Um, you might say you're using religious language to talk about the same reality that the naturalist is talking about. Uh, so a pantheist might say that all is one, um, but that one is an impersonal reality, uh, very similar to what Carl Sagan meant when he was talking about the cosmos. Um, and so those are the first two uh, worldviews, and we can contrast these worldviews with Christianity. So um, under each of these statements, like there's a kind of a secular way of looking at uh, the world or secular worldviews that fall under these three different categories, and then there's a Christian alternative to all of them. Um, but naturalism and pantheism would be an alternative to uh, Christian theism. Right, and really, um, naturalism is kind of, it, it's almost taking the Christian perspective that everything is created, except you're taking the creator out of it, and all of a sudden everything's here, really, without an explanation. Yeah, exactly. Or at least and, without and, a valid or logical one. Yeah, and really, when I when I think about the different metaphysical worldviews, um, and here I'm thinking specifically on what these worldviews say about ultimate reality, you can really boil those down into two different types. There are some worldviews that you might call person-first worldviews. Uh, so this would be Christianity. Christianity is a person-first worldview that what's ultimately real is a person that we call God. And if you look at the alternative to that, it's a, you might say, an impersonal worldview. Uh, or a matter-first worldview, which would be something like naturalism, or even pantheism is an impersonal worldview. The the one is not a personal thinking rational agent. Um, it is it is the impersonal uh, oneness. And and pantheism is if you think about religions like Buddhism uh, or Hinduism, uh, at bottom their pantheistic worldview that there's this impersonal uh, reality that is uh, what is ultimate. Um, and so all, all these metaphysical worldviews can be grouped into those two basic categories. Now, as we're uh, thinking about this, one of the things that I like to say at this point is that uh, when you look at worldviews from uh, the perspective of ultimate reality, the metaphysical perspective on ultimate reality, uh, sometimes people get fooled with polytheism. Um, and so within Hinduism, you might have, you know, uh, thousands or millions of different gods, um, and obviously you have the Greek religions, uh, the Greco-Roman religions, uh, where there's different different gods. Or even a more modern example would be something like Mormonism today. Uh, mm -hmm. So I I will never forget a conversation that I had with a Mormon when I was in seminary. Um, it was a guy that I met at a Bible study uh, who was a Mormon, and we uh, became uh, pretty decent decent friends, at least at the time, I kind of have lost touch with them. Um, but he wanted to uh, meet with me regularly to try to uh, share Mormonism with me, and I wanted to meet with him to share the gospel with him. And so we kind of, uh, and I do this a lot with people that I meet with, um, he wanted me to read through the Book of Mormon with him, and I said I would be willing to do that if you would go through the Book of, of Romans with me. Mm -hmm. And so we met um, weekly for our kind of Mormon slash Bible study. And I'll never forget one week when he um, uh, came came to um, our, our Bible study that we were having together. 
And he just he didn't want to talk about what we were supposed to be reading for that week uh, because he actually had an atheist roommate. And he wanted to talk about why I believed in God because uh, he was kind of struggling. He's in college at the time. And his his roommate was really challenging him on on his beliefs, and he didn't know how to respond to him. And and he actually brought up the argument that we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about uh, the whole burden of proof argument. Uh, so atheists just go one god further. If if you want that, you can go back a few weeks ago. Uh, but right. his roommate his roommate brought up that argument, and so he asked me, well, how would you respond to it? And I you know, went into explaining that uh, the problem with this argument is that uh, the alternative to Christian theism is not just a lack of belief, but the alternative is actually naturalism. And after I walked through that with him, uh, I was surprised that he said, uh, what you're saying is making a lot of sense, but that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean it doesn't work for you? And he says, that's not the way that I view God. God is not ultimate reality who created time, space, matter, and energy, uh, God God very much is um, uh, kind of like an object, like a personal, a personal being to be sure, um, but this personal being is located in space and time. Um, I believe he said it on the planet Kolob. And mm -hmm. so I didn't realize that Mormonism have, Mormons have a very different conceptions of, uh, conception of God than what classical Christian theism has. Right. Um, and so I think it's important to not be fooled uh, with polytheism. Polytheism is not a view on ultimate reality. Um, and so really you, you can just group the, the alternatives into theism, naturalism, and pantheism. Yeah, and, and just as a side note, I mean, I have a lot of side notes to what you just said, but uh, Mormonism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, first of all, there's a lot of similarities uh, with the Jehovah's Witness, but second of all, there's a lot more to it than people think. Um, they're, they're not a Christian denomination. They are, no. uh, in my opinion, they're essentially a cult because they deviate from Scripture so far that, as you right. mentioned, the Book of Mormon, they even have their own book in addition um, to scripture. And, and of course, we can get into that later on in the series. But I think that something that's so helpful is to um, is to ask questions. I mean, there's no way around actually doing research and, and watching videos, even short videos um, on YouTube or apologetics.org uh, or, or books or whatever it may be that you're getting your information from. There's, there's no way around that. But asking questions can be so helpful. So for example, like if you look at Mormonism and ask about the origin, well, you say, well, how come this guy Joseph Smith came 1800 years, you know, after the crucifixion or Islam? How right. come the Quran was written 600 plus years uh, after the crucifixion, but says Jesus wasn't crucified? So right. to start with even questioning sort of the foundations of these things, even if you don't know where to start, that can be so important. And then at the very least, you'll learn some new information. For sure, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Islam there too, because uh, this is when you're starting to test: is a worldview uh, consistent with reality? Uh, that would be one place that I would go with Islam, where Islam they they are a theistic worldview, uh, so they do believe that ultimate reality begins with a personal God, um, but where where their worldview is uh, problematic, I mean, it's problematic in a number of different places. Uh, but if you just look at the facts of it, um, when you look at the crucifixion of Jesus, there is all the evidence in the world, all the historical evidence in the world, that Jesus really was crucified under Pontius Pilate, 
And this is something that uh, the Islamic faith denies. Um, and even within the Quran itself, it says that Jesus uh, did not die on the cross, but it only was a made to appear so. Uh, well, mm -hmm. here you're going to have to uh, really, you have a choice of are you going to trust the historical evidence that we have, uh, the best historical evidence that we have, or are you going to trust um, a source in the Quran that comes uh, centuries after the events that took place uh, referring to the crucifixion? And that would just be one example of how you can test a worldview. Uh, Christianity is more consistent with the facts that we have today. Right, far more, uh, I mean, in my opinion, far more consistent than uh, than any other. Yeah. To the, to the point where, as you said, there's so much evidence, you really, you have to reject the evidence. It's not like there's a lack of it. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, and so that's that's a really big point there. Now, um, I don't know how much time we have, have left here, but... Um, there we have are a little over seven minutes. Seven minutes, okay. So we maybe we time. can get into... Uh, the other approaches to categorizing worldviews. So we, we started with metaphysics, um, but some worldviews um, start with epistemology. And this is important to recognize because sometimes people can get confused on how do you classify a worldview. So when you're thinking about worldviews in terms of metaphysics, naturalism, pantheism, uh, theism, these are different ways of grouping them. Uh, when you're thinking about epistemology, now you have worldviews like uh, what's called scientism, uh, so, scientism just says that science is the only or perhaps the best way of knowing something. Uh, well, that's a worldview that's focused primarily on epistemology. How do we know the things that we say that we know? And if you fall into this particular worldview, uh, you're saying what, what really matters is how we know things, and we know things through science. Um, and that's either the only way of knowing things, so that's hard scientism, or the best way of knowing something, we might call that soft scientism. Um, but now on the other side of the spectrum, you'd have something like postmodernism, uh, which this worldview says, uh, to put it kind of crudely, uh, just that there is no objective truth whatsoever, um, or at least that we can't know objective truth. Um, now, if we look at both of these two worldviews, uh, we can use our test of consistency. Uh, so if we look just at a simple version of scientism, that science is the only way of knowing something, uh, well, if we ask, is this worldview logically consistent? Uh, the answer is that it's not, uh, because you have to ask the question, how do you know that science is the only way of knowing something? And if you can't, I mean, if it really is the only way of knowing something, then you have to have some sort of experiment that you can run to demonstrate that it's the only way of knowing something, or some empirical observation to demonstrate that, that it's the only way of knowing something. And uh, there is no way of doing that. And so that means that scientism fails its own test. And if science really is the only way of knowing something uh, and there's no scientific way to demonstrate that, well, then it shows that that, that view is false. Um, and so I went through that kind of quickly, but um, it's a self-defeating worldview. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, I, it was quickly, but I think it was clear. Um, and it's also important to recognize that science or maybe not science itself but the way we do science is constantly changing and evolving um i, I mean things we knew a hundred years ago are totally not just not just evolved scientifically but totally different from what we thought a hundred years ago um i mean For charles sure. darwin just in the mid 1800s basically thought they didn't know about spiral dna or anything like that uh, they didn't know the cell was nearly as complicated as we do now so i mean to rely yeah. on that and to stake your worldview on that 
um, in addition to recognizing that some of the greatest scientists of all time were devout, not just theists, but devout Christian believers, Isaac Newton, um, for example, and and he really shaped modern science. So there's so many things that I think kind of get skimmed over in these processes. Yeah, and I and I actually like to say it because of the examples that you just brought up. Uh, science, I actually think, is built on faith. Specifically, it's built on the Christian faith. Um, and and if somebody wants to say that science is one way of knowing things, or a very good way of knowing things, I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. But but there is a basic faith commitment to the orderliness of the universe. Uh, there's a faith commitment that we have to the reliability of our cognitive faculties that we can. Uh, think correctly about the world around us. Um, and so there are basic faith commitments or presuppositions that make it possible for us to know things. Right, um, and, and even making an appeal to to induction, meaning uh, I have to believe, as if I were an atheist, I'd have to believe that 10 minutes from now the universe will be consistent as it is right now and it was 10 minutes ago. I mean, there's no way to... I'm just making predictions blindly at that point. Right, right, yeah. Um. And so, so scientism is uh, false because it doesn't pass the test of logical consistency. But the same is true for postmodernism. So, um, I mean, Socrates was the, I think, the first one that I, uh, that I know of who pointed this out. So before Socrates, there's a group of thinkers known as the Sophists, who really were the first people to say that there's no such thing as objective truth. Um, and Socrates' simple question to them was, uh, is that true? And if you if you say, yes, it's true, then it's false. If you say it's not true, well, then why are you believing it? And so um, and so postmodernism fails its own test. Now, now I should say something here. Um, I'm putting these categories in their most simplistic terms. It gets more complicated than this. uh, But I think this is a very simple way of looking at the different worldviews. Now, if you ask the question, so what's the alternative to these when it comes to epistemology? One of the things that I think is cool, when you think about the Christian worldview, you can think about the Christian worldview in terms of metaphysics. So uh, theism is a very different worldview than naturalism. But there's also an alternative when it comes to epistemology. And from a Christian perspective, we believe in revelation. Uh, So there's special revelation, which we call uh, God's Word, the Bible. Uh, And then there's general revelation, which is uh, what we learn about God through the natural world. Um, and also, I would say what we know about God through the fact that we are part of God's creation. We were created in the image of God. And so if you start with that faith commitment that God has revealed truth to us uh, through the universe, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, and through uh, the scriptures, uh, you have a better foundation for knowing things than if you start with scientism or postmodernism. Right, and, and I mean, we're we're almost out of time. We have about a minute left, but I just I think it's so amazing that as we're talking about um, about scientism, about the issues with these other uh, kind of worldview worldview perspectives, Jesus Christ answers all of these. Um, everything we're talking about, all the contradictions we can think of, um, they're they're not found in the Christian worldview. Uh, they can be answered, they can be wrestled with, and and we're not going to understand everything. Uh, but there's so much that we that we don't realize we have wrong or that we have um, sort of half true because Christianity really ties all of these things together so perfectly. The origin story, the uh, how we got here, why we're here, what we're doing here, and, and of course the scientific questions. 
Um, but it's it's just so amazing. And of course, Dr. Woodward puts such a big focus on intelligent design, so you can find plenty of that here. Um, but it, it really is just so amazing. And uh, Mike Burhow, we want to thank you again for continuing to do this show. You do such an amazing job, and I've had a lot of fun. I hope those listening have had a good time. And I just wanted to remind you all one more time, if you have any questions or comments, send us an email at information at apologetics.org and check out our website, apologetics.org. But we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week on The Universe Next Door. You've been listening to The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida and supported through the gifts of listeners just like you. To gather resources, continue the conversation, and support The Universe Next Door with your financial gifts, go to apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. And join us again next time as we continue to seek the truth about life, faith, and worldview in The Universe Next Door.